This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday, 21st of June. We'll tell you what the weather is a little bit later on because it's going to be a day for getting out and about. They were all out and about the other day, weren't they? One, one end of London, you had the austerity march, which could have ended up in Trafalgar Square, but they were all having too much of a good time to worry about the multi-millionaires Charlotte Church, laughingly described as a singer, I noticed, when they put her up on the television. It was the last time she had anything in the charts. Yes, voice of an angel went out years ago. When she gives all her money to the poor, then perhaps we might listen to her. As usual, the depressing naff and boring Russell Brand raised his weary, ugly head and spouted more claptrap. Michael, uh, Mr Janner, uh, secret visits to the Lords after he was declared unfit. This Lord Janner thing is not going away. Thank goodness. And the clangers' son, the man who came up with the clangers and a whole load of other things, didn't leave anything to his son in his will, because apparently they'd had a falling out. Danny Dyer's in the doghouse again. He's pictured with, they say, a busty blonde. I thought it was his mother. I do beg your pardon, Danny. I'm quite sure that you like the older woman, but uh, this one looked slightly older than usual. Cliff Richard will not be at Wimbledon this year. And the Royal Ascot security shocker. They found traces of cocaine in the toilets. No kidding. No kidding. I did tweet on... Was it Friday? Yes, Friday. Friday, because I've had a... So far, the weekend's going particularly well. In fact, it's going even better than I thought. But on Friday, I leave here and I I go down and I get the train at Waterloo. And as soon as I arrive at Waterloo, I suddenly realised why it was a mistake to get to Waterloo at that time. Because the whole place was full of chavs. I mean, it was ghastly. And you knew that they, they were chavs because they tried to dress themselves up. But unfortunately, if you're not used to wearing a suit and the nearest thing you've got is something from Primark for like £3.13 and threepence halfpenny, then you're going to stand out in the crowd. And there they all were with their bad, dirty shoes, you know, and they were all swigging from bottles. And this is this is kind of early in the day. This is early. Actually, it wasn't that early. What time was this? This was about lunchtime because we had the big meeting here. We had a very big meeting, which was sort of a it's 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 sort of where we all sit down in a room and you see people you haven't seen for ages and they go through you know some audience figures and then they say this is this is what we've got to look forward to later this year. And so it, it's it's kind of like it, it isn't a bolstering up. It's just telling you exactly what's going on and how the computer has changed. I mean, me. I mean, I sit there glazed over. I've got no idea. I can, and now apparently you can do hashtag Steve. I think I'll have to let you know about that during the week because I'm not totally convinced. So we had this fantastic meeting and uh, it was all very good. I thought it was it was wonderful and finished. Then I get back to the station. So I decide stupidly because the first train out for me was the Reading train. And as I'm walking to the platform surrounded by these oiks and that's the that's the best way to describe them. I mean, they were all lurching about all over the place, clutching their bottles. Some of them had got little bags you know, with their booze in there, obviously, because they can't really afford to go to Ascot. So they're actually going there, and they're getting tanked up before they go. Because presumably the booze is fairly expensive in there, but because they're all chaffy, they can't afford to go. So they have to sort of get... Whoa, hey, whoa. There was a lot of that. But on my train, I decided... I, I was sitting in a seat, which was quite... I didn't have to have anybody sitting next to me, sort of. And um, and on the left-hand side, I've got about six chavs. What are they? Here. Yeah, so well, how much you putting on that one? How much you doing? So we've got all this cut with these badly creased suits. And you knew that they were cheap suits because they were shiny. They were only shiny because whenever you press a suit, as intelligent ladies listening will tell you, you have to put a cloth over it, otherwise the fabric shines. You know, you can't just sort of put an iron on a suit. 
You really can't. And they had these one bloke was wearing suede shoes, suede shoes with this sort of blue shiny suit kind of thing. But his hair, I mean, he looked like he needed a good bath and a shower. So we had, so I had that group on one side, and all I'm thinking is, I hope no more get off at Clapham Junction because you've got all the ladies in their hats. And you know it's bad news when people in hats get on trains, because some of the hats were quite big, some were quite small. All of them, though, you think to yourself, why are you not driving down to Ascot? Why are you not sort of renting a Rolls or a Bentley? Why are you not going down in a Sharabang or something? You know, anything. You don't want to stand on a train, do you? But anyway, they all seem fairly happy. And then I've got some hoorays who get on the other side. So I've now got the entire cross-section of people. I've got the guys who look like they'd walked straight out of Eton. They looked about 16. It's like, OK, yeah, Giles, where is Melissa? Well, Melissa, apparently, was on one of the stations and she had to find out where the guys were. And it was all very... So I'm getting both conversations. I'll get over here. So what are you going to bet on, mate? How am I going to put on that one? And over this side, is Melissa, where are you? Oh, God, it's cut off again. Giles, it's cut... you do something with it. And we had all of this. I mean, it was an entertainment. I felt like I was in a reality show. I seriously thought I was in some sort of reality show. So by the time I got off, I thought, I've got enough material here to do about a week's worth of programmes. Because it is interesting. And then they do a piece in one of the papers saying they found cocaine in some of the places uh, at Ascot. I thought, of course you have. Of course you have. Even Stephen Fry, ladies and gentlemen, has admitted that Prince Charles knew that he was a naughty boy and said in an interview that he didn't think Prince Charles would have worried too much if he'd done cocaine at Highgrove. I'm obviously out on another world, me. I'm out on another limb. Mind you, talking of another world, listening to Christo's programme this morning with all these barking mad people talking about life on other planets and things like that. Are there dinosaurs we got at one point? Are there dinosaurs on other planets? I mean, I couldn't get my head around that one at all, but it's always, it's always a good topic, isn't it? If you want to talk to people and get them a little bit riled up, ask them about, you know, dinosaurs and ask them about UFOs and Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. It's a load of old baloney. But it keeps people talking because the argument is, well, you can't prove there isn't and we can't prove there is. So you get a stalemate, don't you? It's that old argument that I've always had with Yuri Geller, which is he claims he's bending metal with the power of the mind. I'm telling you he's an an Israeli magician and it's got nothing to do with his mind at all. If it's the power of your mind, put something down on the table, make it bend. He won't better do it. He won't better do it. Simple as that. And then I got confused. Having having, Having been confused on the train... With all the people going, and sort of, and you do sit there because I was at the right level to look at all these clothes, which was, which were just so awful. I mean, I've never seen so many cheap suits and bad. It was the hair though on some of them. Half these people hadn't bothered having a shave. That was just the women. The blokes have got this hair. One of them, I I thought he'd put like a pie dish on his head, and I I was tempted to say to him, "Is it a wig, mate?" But I, I thought, no, that that probably appears a little bit rude. So I didn't say anything. I was just sort of sitting there. I must have looked like you know Edna the inebriate woman. I've got my little Marks and Spencers bag and I'm sitting staring into space. And, you know, you do what you, what you normally do on a train. You go onto your phone and you sort of type in a few things. And, send, and I was sending tweets thinking, I hope none of them are going to look over and go, here, mate, he's writing about us. But it, 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 it was the posh boys on one side waiting for Melissa, who was kind of like on the train, but we don't know where she's on the train. And we have to, but perhaps we'll have to catch up with the other end, Melissa. It's obviously their big day out, but they just didn't look old enough to be doing something like that. They weren't drinking. They, and if they would have been, it would have been Ribena. It was the hard-drinking boys from the other end, you know, the East End and London. I was amazed at how many people managed to get Friday off. Absolutely amazed at how many people didn't appear to be working. And then I heard a story. Well, in fact, I got loads of people tweeting me over the weekend saying, Oh, Steve, did you see the, see the story in The Sun on Saturday? 
Well, of course, Saturday, I didn't buy a paper. I woke up really early. Christo was bemoaning the fact that he's not sleeping very well. But, of course, you know, he, he, he's of that size that he wouldn't sleep very well. He needs to get some sort of, you know, slimming... T- not slimming. Well, he needs to get some slimming tablets. But he needs to get something that will help him sleep. I thought a small club on the head might actually work. But anyway, he's having a bit of... He's probably still awake there now, lying there. Because what he would have done, he'd have gone home from here and made that fatal error, which everybody else does. I'll have something to eat before I go to bed. Well, of course, if you have something to eat before you go to bed, you're never going to get to sleep. So on the Saturday... No, on the Friday night into the Saturday, I'd had a really good day. I'd sort of potted about. Lynn and I had sort of sorted out a few bits and pieces... And um, and we'd sort of done a little bit on the patio and I'd faffed around. Anyway, climbing to bed, I then wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Because even on the days I don't work, I wake up early. I get up at about two in the morning. And so I got up, watched a little bit of television and checked my messages and then went back to bed again. Four o'clock in the morning, I think, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll have a cup of coffee because four o'clock is nearly six o'clock. And six o'clock to me on a Saturday morning is practically an all-day lie-in. So I like to be up and about, go and collect my ironing. Because I don't do ironing. I'm not an ironing sort of person. And get the car washed. And I'll do all these little things. And then I want to go to Costco and I want to do some business. So at four o'clock in the morning, I'm standing on the patio watering. I'm water- and then I suddenly thought, wait a minute, the heavens are going to open. We were promised thunderstorms. Pfft, nothing. Nothing at all. A little bit of drizzly rain. And that was it. I was a bit disappointed. But anyway, so I was doing the watering, had my cup of coffee, watched a bit of television, had a nice lengthy shower. I'm now getting into into the habit of I can spend 25 minutes in the shower. I know it seems pointless, doesn't it, really? But I mean, I've got this new shower head, which I bought a while ago, which softens the water. Consequently, I've got bubbles everywhere. I look like an advert for sort of uh, for luxe soap. Very good. And then I was hearing this this story, people telling me about, you know, you've got to get the Sunday paper, the, the, the Saturday paper, because it was so interesting about... There are stories in there, Steve. You'll, you'll manage to get your teeth into them, and, and it'll just it'll drive you mad. And so I said, well, I've found a copy here in the studio, in the office. I found a copy of Saturday's paper and I went through it and I found about 10 stories, which are all things which I could feature on the programme. Had I been on on Saturday morning, I'd have done these stories. But I was listening to Andrew Pearce. Then I got kind of wrapped up as I was pootling up and down the motorway, listening to, uh, to Ken and David as well. I find that really interesting, actually. You tend to find yourself sort of agreeing with what both of them are saying, which I find slightly disturbing. So I was sort of listening to that, and I'd listened to Andrew Pearce in the morning, and I was enjoying that, and it was, it was all going quite well. And then when I looked at the papers this morning, I suddenly realised that there were loads of stories that I would have loved to have done on the Saturday morning. One being Chris Evans quitting the one show to focus on Top Gear, which, of course, you know, he only does the one show once a week on the Friday, but I'm assuming that will be there because you've got a radio programme to do and you've got other things as well. Then I'm assuming you can't do the telly and that. So he might as well quit the one show, which, of course, leaves them with a bit of a dilemma because they don't have anybody else to present. You know, you can't ask Matt Baker to do it because he's not strong enough. The girl on there, I mean, seriously, they might as well wall her up in the cupboard or something because she's not going to be any good at it. You know, she's been doing it for long enough now and it, it just gets progressively worse and worse. And I was thinking to myself, why don't they just axe it, put it out of its misery because it's not, it's not doing the business. Nobody's particularly interested in it. And if he's not on it, I mean, that's another reason for not watching the programme. And then I thought, perhaps they could get Dermot O'Dreary because ever since Dermot got dropped, sorry, left the uh, X Factor, kicked out. Uh, People were sort of saying, what's he going to do now? He's got his little radio programme, but he needs a telly job, because if you're not on telly, people think you've died. 
So perhaps they could give that to him. On the other hand, I don't think he works well with another person. He's a bit sort of, he's a bit hit and miss. He's a bit swings and roundabouts. What they need is somebody with a bit of stability. And I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head. So I then came to the conclusion, why not axe the programme? And then I thought the amount of people that they're dropping from the TOWIE programme, perhaps Gemma Collins could go on there. And I couldn't work out how Gemma, the useless lump that she is, managed to get loads of coverage. I thought, she must have a really good agent. Who's her agent? It's Can Management. That's Peter Andre's agent. And they get loads of coverage. It used to be Jordan's agent, because that all fell apart ages ago. So it's Can Management. That's why they're always trying to boost up Gemma Collins, go, you know, she's a huge international star. She's not. She's a big, silly, fat crybaby. She's never actually managed to achieve anything at all. You know, she can't manage to hang on to a boyfriend for love nor money. A bit like Jessica Wright. And it turns out now that all the people from that first series, the only person still going to be left on the TOWIE programme is going to be Nanny Pat... And to be honest with you, I thought she died years ago. I mean, seriously, she might as well be embalmed and they might as well prop her up in the corner because, I mean, she lo- I mean she's got the oldest face. I've never seen anybody who looks that... She's like a road map. Seriously, she must be the oldest looking... Pa- I mean, how old is she? 90? 100? Difficult to tell. And the other one is, is Arge. He's been there since the beginning. Mind you, he's been in and out of rehab because he's had one or two little, little problems in the past. But uh, I don't know what, what you do with him. I mean, he hasn't achieved anything on the outside world at all. So the advice is, you know, get a job in your local Tesco or Costco or something like that. Because, believe you me, it's going to collapse quicker than the pack of cards. Oh, and I've got bad news on Dan Osborne. They might be using him on the television again. This is the nasty thug, Dan Osborne. I'll tell you about him in a moment. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Wayne here is a freestyle... Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday, the 21st of June. Steve Allen's early breakfast. So the uh, the reason that the thug, Dan Osborne, might be coming back into people's lives is because after he was kicked off TOWIE, this is after The Sun exposed him for a ranting phone call that he had against the mother of his first child called Teddy where he threatened to kill her if she went with anybody else and stick a knife at her. Oh, I mean, really, the most vile rant you've ever heard in your entire life. And then the ridiculous, stupid Gemma Collins said, oh, it's always like that in Essex. Men are always saying that, they're like, you know, uh, women and girls. And I thought, you're more stupid, you know, every time you open your mouth. But anyway, uh, there's a rumour that they might be signing him up for Celebrity Big Brother so he can redeem himself. No, the only way he could redeem himself is by going down on bended knee and begging forgiveness. Stupid man. Stupid, stupid man. And then the other story, Carol Vorderman's in the papers. We love Carol Vorderman. And she's backing up Jeremy Clarkson. She was in the same hotel that he was in, having a meeting with a BBC executive. This is Jeremy Clarkson, and he was at the next table. And Jeremy Clarkson said, as he got up to leave, they've just offered me Top Gear again. And that went into the papers. That went on the front page of the paper. Until you read what he said, and this is how easy it is to misconstrue what somebody says. He says, last week, uh, the offer finally came. The BBC had been hopping awkwardly from foot to foot for about a month. But over a cup of tea in a Mayfair hotel, a senior executive came straight out and said it. And this is what he said. Would you consider going back to Top Gear? Now, that's not an offer. That's just a general question. That's like a sort of an if. It's a case, you know, would you consider flying to the moon? You know, would you consider going back to Top Gear? And he then said, no, because we've got something else lined up. It wasn't actually, we'd like you to come back to Top Gear. It was, would you consider going back to it? After all that's happened, would you ever consider going back to it? I can see exactly how the conversation could have been twisted. I can see exactly how the conversation could have been misinterpreted. 
So, I mean, he will miss it. I agree that he's absolutely the right person for the job, and I think that uh, Hammond and May are the right people. We we became very comfortable watching them on the show. It worked. It worked very well. Is it going to work with somebody else doing it? I don't know. You know, it's a suck it and see situation. You've got to wait and see how they're going to revamp the programme. At least the uh, at least the huge team that work on it managed to keep a job, so they must be eternally grateful. Uh, Chris Evans is very easy to work with. He's not going to be difficult. Clarkson can be a bit pushy and a bit bullyish, but that's what that's what made the programme. That's what makes presenters nowadays. No good having some wet, woolly presenter like Matt Baker on the one show. I mean, he's a drip of the first order. He's great on Countryfile, but he just doesn't have any gravitas. And she's got absolutely nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. Really, it's just the most ghastly car crash television. Apparently it's Father's Day coming up. I don't exactly know when it is. Is it... Is it... Oh, it's today. Today is Father's Day. Oh, God. Of course, it doesn't really apply to me, not having a father anymore. Um, And I I never quite understand why the adverts appear in the paper. So, what to buy your father for Father's Day? There's no logical reason why we have a Father's Day. But uh, in Sainsbury's, they're actually suggesting you buy him a DVD. So, make him more of a recluse than ever before. Why on earth would you want to buy your father a DVD? And the selection is Liam Neeson in Taken 3, Kingsman, The Secret Service, Selma or Homeland. Riveting. What a dull father you must have if you go, hello, Dad, I bought your DVD. What you bought me? I bought you Taken 3. Well, probably find something a bit more cheerful. And that's it for Father's Day. You don't have to indulge in Father's Day. It's not. It's a bit like Mother's Day. You don't have to indulge in that at all. I think you should indulge every day. And I'm sure that Mira Sayal would agree with me that you do it every day. You don't sort of mess around once a year and you buy them a very expensive card which goes, Happy Mother's Day. What the hell does that mean? Happy, Mother- Happy Father's Day. What's that mean? I mean, I, I don't quite know what we're supposed to do for Father's Day. I mean, I don't do anything at all. I just sort of go, yeah. So you still got your father? Lucky old you. Lucky old you. But don't buy him a DVD, for God's sake. They'll be really depressed. Go buy him a bar of soap. No, that makes them worse, doesn't it? It means people think they smell. Uh, you can buy them aftershave, but, you know, it's not good going to Poundland. We're talking, you know, although actually you could go to Poundland, I think they've still got some of that uh, Peter Andre Insania uh, toilet duck, which is sort of left over. You could you could use that, couldn't you? Or friend, what else could you buy your father? You can't buy him chocolates. You don't buy men chocolates, do you? That'd be considered a bit sissy, I think. Um, what else? You could get him tickets to Taste of London, although it's a bit short notice. But you could probably get down there in time, or you could drag him into the West End to go. We're going to watch some show tunes in Trafalgar Square and in Leicester Square. And yesterday they were all out there. It's a great opportunity to go down and see the cast of some of the biggest shows in town, singing their little hearts out. There were magicians down there yesterday. Ben Hart was there. All sorts of people. It's worth going down. And it's free. It's free if you want to stand on the outside. It's free and you can hear them, so it's quite loud. I think it drowned out the austerity march, which can only be good news. I mean, honestly, who in God's name, ladies and gentlemen, as I think uh, was said yesterday on LBC by Andrew Pearce, he said that they had somebody on who, from, from the Green Party talking about the austerity march, who turned out to be Australian. Uh, she was sort of going, yeah, and they said, we're going to do this march. And I'm thinking, an Australian? What are you doing here, dear? And then it got from bad to worse because she was saying, oh, we've got various speakers and uh, we're going to be having Charlotte Church. Well, I mean, it's all you could do to stop Andrew Pearce from laughing all over her. He said, Charlotte Church? What, the multimillionaire? Charlotte Church. And then Russell Brand again. Well, they wheel him out, don't they, like the opening of a fridge door. Here we go, Russell. There we go. Spout more rubbish. Shut him back in the fridge again. You go back to your £2 million flat owned by somebody who doesn't really pay tax in this country because it's registered overseas. I hate these champagne millionaires. They, they sort of sit down there telling you how to run your life. Mind you, there were lots of posh people there. You know, all these austerity marshals. I just looked at them as failed voters. 
because they were all the people who couldn't believe that Labour didn't get in. Um, how did Labour not get in? Tories got in, and, and, and it's dreadful because they go... Where's the unions? Get the unions out. Get the unions out. Let's get the tube drivers out on strike. 50 grand a year It's not enough to sit there and push a button. They want more. And they'll probably get it, I should imagine. But uh, they hold people to ransom. It's like going back to the bad old days, isn't it? The minor strike. That was hilarious. Arthur Scargill, the only man with a shredded wheat on his head, was out there. Oh! And then they tried to kick him out the flat, didn't they? The National Union Mine Workers. He's got some sort of grace and favour apartment. They want him out. Get out! But uh, not half as bad as the story that hit the front pages of the... Oh, the... oh, sorry. On the austerity march, the worst thing, and I'm surprised that nobody beat him to a pulp on the pavement, Rufus Hound with a blow-up sex doll... I'm sorry, Rufus. You're either the stupidest man going. What an insult to the women on the march. You know, the women who actually believed it. And there's you with a, with a stupid sex doll on your head. Small wonder nobody wants to talk to you anymore. You're a complete idiot. What a stupid thing. I'm surprised the women on the march didn't turn around and beat him to death on the pavement. Loosely described. I mean, what a stupid thing to do. There were children present round there. Are you really that thick? Answer, yes, you are. Yes, you are. What a shame. Uh, the Sun, anyway, on Saturday, the front page story was of a, a jobless mum. Looking at her, you can realise why she's jobless. She's, she's ugly, too. You have to say this. Her name is uh, Nasa Gibson. She's 31. She doesn't work. I don't know why. She, I mean, I don't know if she's disabled or she can't work. Anyway, she uh, saved her benefit cash to fund a boob job, and then luckily it all went wrong for her. So the NHS had to pick up the pieces. And uh, she said, I, le- I let my kids go hungry to pay for the boob job. So she farmed them off to her, uh, her parents. And she says, we all suffered. We had to make cutbacks. And she's another example in this country of, uh, of a simpleton. A simpleton out there who's got no intention of working, who has no intention of doing anything at all to fund her own lifestyle. All she wants, she wants you to fund it for her. And stupidly in this country, we kind of give it to her. And I think that, you know, if uh, Mr Cameron's going to be worth his salt, I think, to be honest with you, you've got to axe benefits for people like that. You won't believe the money that she gets... I mean, seriously, I, I couldn't quite believe it myself. She gets... This is her monthly her monthly income, OK? This is through not working. £268 tax credit, income support 120 child benefit 269 housing allowance 600 council tax 100 total £1,357 a month. Well, take it away from her. Take it away from her immediately. Get the old bag out working. What a waste of space she turns out to be. What a stupid, stupid woman. Daylight robbery. I'm s- I mean, how many more of these people are? We knew about Josie Cunningham, the ugly one who wanted a bit. They're all ugly, if you notice. There must be some trend running through here. Then you've got the mother and daughter, Janice Manzur and Amber. Uh, they're actually too fat to work. You're too fat to be even allowed on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. The mother is 26 stone. I mean, dear God, love, you're heading for that heart attack, aren't you? Mind you, I suppose we could save the money at the end of the day, but to be brutally honest with you, have you thought about going on a diet, losing some sort of weight? Then the benefits couple, Paul Andrew and Stacey Notley, they've spent, um, they actually spend 1,500 quid of taxpayers' money on Christmas. Again, they don't work, they don't do anything. Uh, Helen Jobson demanded a gastric band. She's, She's blamed benefits for making her fat. I mean, you can't make these things up, can you, really? And then uh, Sarah Jane Smith, that's a lying old baggage. Sarah Jane Smith is 41. She claimed £42,000 in benefits, invented ten fictitious kids and predicted her two genuine ones were disabled. I mean, dear God, honestly, there's some scum around, isn't there, really? And here's little Nasa. You know, and I want to know the reason. She can afford to have tattoos done. Why can't she work? 
She spent 4,250 quid having her boobs stuck on, and then 5,000 quid the NHS had to pay to put the blasted thing right. To be honest with you, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think, you know, you better go back where you came from, darling. Go back where you came from, which is Poland, uh, and go and get them to sort it out. Why should we have to sort these things out? I've never heard anything so stupid in my entire life. It's 5.30. Morning, everybody. Sunday, 21st of June. So, I mean, the, even the sun in their editorial on this useless woman, the jobless mum. I mean, why is she jobless? You have to keep asking these questions, Jenny. Why is somebody jobless? There are jobs that they can do out there, but when she gets about £1,500 a month, well, £1,400 approximately, why should she bother working? As far as I'm concerned, and the sun have said exactly the same, uh, this is what the Prime Minister's got to address. You've got to stop these people. You've got to get them out to work. I think you can have benefits for a little. Why on earth are we paying somebody's rent? I don't get my rent paid. I don't get anything at all. My mother never got any tax credits or all this kind of stuff. 1400 a month. Small wonder she didn't blooming well work. Why should she bother? In the real world, she'd be lucky to pull in 800 Mainly because she's obviously got no no in, no interest in working. And whilst we happy, happily give her the money, she'll get her tattoos done. I just want to take it away. Well, seriously, I've said that for ages and ages. And luckily, 90% of the country are behind me. And that you also want to keep it... Uh, away from these people and get them out there. If somebody gets too fat, I know loads of fat people who work. Loads of fat people. I'm one of them. I'm working. It doesn't seem to affect me. Well, as far as I know, it doesn't really affect me. 84850, oh, Steve at Um We'll talk about Jamie Oliver a little bit later on because he's, he's introducing uh, a tax on the fizzy drinks that he sells. And it's going to go into a charity thing and... You know, it's going to be lovely, and it's just... It's people patronising us, as far as I'm concerned. People now telling us what to eat and what not to eat, and if you want to drink this, then you're going to have to pay extra. You know, it's uh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve, at uk, And then the, strangely enough, the husbands of the women, the sisters, who went to join ISIS in Syria are now blaming... Wait for this the security forces, for radicalising their wives. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. As opposed to not blaming themselves because they didn't notice anything because they were a bit simple, now it's a case of, you know, well, it's, it's the, the government here has done this, they've radicalised these women and made it appealing. No, they never liked living here anyway. Mind you, if, if they've got nine children, I mean, we should be saving a load of money on that one, shouldn't we? Which I think is, uh, is quite good. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, another one here. Oh, I say, everybody agreeing with me about Rufus Hound. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, every single columnist has said today, what in God's name was he thinking of? Children on this march, young people. Though, of course, there was the, there was the far left and uh, nobody really bothered about them. People were too busy enjoying themselves in Trafalgar Square. It kept them busy in the city of London because nobody goes there at the weekend anyway, so they could mill around in the seats and in the streets and do whatever they wanted to do. But it's just a, a little bit bitter, you know. They're a little bit bitter that Labour got kicked out and the Lib Dems collapsed like the proverbial pack of cards. I mean, I have to be honest, nobody kind of uh, predicted it apart from our Theo Usherwood, who actually predicted here at LBC that the Conservatives would get in again. I think he was about the only one. Nobody, everybody else got it wrong. I got it wrong. Everybody got it wrong. I seriously didn't think that MPs that I'd spoken to over the years would ever um, would ever lose their seats and would disappear completely. But they have done. Movie bosses have approached the former James Bonds to star in a blockbuster together. Um, and they've managed to come up with four of them. Timothy Dalton, uh, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan and George Lazenby and, of course, Sean Connery. Now, 
when they did this on... Who was talking about it on LBC? Somebody was talking about it on LBC a short while ago. They were talking about how many Bonds could you remember, and people were going through Sean Connery, um, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, George Lazenby, Pierce Brosnan, and who else was there? There was... Um, Anyway, there's about seven of them, I think. Because the one that everybody forgets is the one who starred in Casino Royale. And uh, and I've now forgotten his name as well. But anyway, they're all there. But when you look at the age of them, Sean Connery's 84. What in God's name? I mean, they have to wheel him out. Roger Moore is 87. I do like Roger. Roger Moore showed me his feet when he came in last time. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is 71. I mean, how is that possible? That's crept up, hasn't it? Pierce Brosnan, 62. And George Lazenby is 75. He did on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He was the Fry's man, wasn't he, in, a, in, uh, in Australia, I think. Um, what else do we have in the papers? Oh, apart from uh, Chris Evans, this, is, this was in the Sunday... We didn't even got round to, to looking at the... Uh, the Sunday papers, it being Father's Day. But they've got a goth pupil here uh, called Erin Anais Hart. I mean, it's another one of these silly little double barrel names. Anyway, she's um, she's showing off an alternative outfit that a male teacher allegedly said made her look like she does bondage. Yep, I would think that was a very fair description. You know, as most of these uh, goths, they do look really peculiar. You know, I'm I'm all in favour of live and let live, but, you know, they are somewhat peculiar. Anyway, her furious mother, and there's a picture of her, and she looks like she could be one of those furious mothers, has moved her daughter to another school after claiming the 15-year-old's told to cover up. She's a talented runner. Oh, riveting. There you go. She'd have to be talented at something. Dressing herself is not one of them. Kay, who runs a dog behaviourist business, fumed, My daughter was mortified. Don't be silly, mother. She's a goth. They don't get mortified. They're always on another planet. She says, anyway, the school spokesman said, standards are applied on non-uniforms day. Absolutely. And this is not acceptable. You're 15. Learn. Unfortunately, if you've got a silly mother who really believes that, you know, it's good to attack the establishment, I can see where your life's heading, and it's not in a good place. There's a hospital porter in the Saturday... We're still on Saturday's papers here. I don't know what's going on in life. Still on Saturday's papers. I mean, we're we're practically... We're practically nearly nearly halfway through the programme. The hospital porter in the hit... TV series, 24 hours in A&E. I've never seen it. I might have turned on briefly and sort of caught little bits and pieces. Was facing jail last night for trying to groom a 13-year-old girl for sex. Kevin Hillman made contact with the youngster through WhatsApp. I don't even know what WhatsApp is, but I'm assuming it's one of those social media things that people sort of go on to. Uh, He used to ferry people around the South London King's College Hospital. Also sent two photographs of his bits... Anyway, her mother went went to the police and he was arrested, charged with intentionally inciting a 13-year-old girl and he's been released on bail, but he's not allowed to contact. I've never even heard of this WhatsApp thing. Isn't that strange? So the sentencing will occur later. I don't know what you do with somebody like that. There's a, there's a bus driver in the paper. A bus driver, if you please. And uh, this one, when, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, a, a bus driver... Oh, that'll be unusual, won't it? It turns out it's not really a bus driver. It's somebody from Golden Tours. Golden Tours are one of these tour companies in London. Uh, I have to wait by a bus stop, uh, because that's where my, my bus stops. And the aggressive selling from the people who, you know, this tour and that tour and everything else is, is really quite intimidating to watch. Anyway, uh, somebody filmed this woman jumping a red light. It was a cyclist. And she jumped a red light anyway. She pulls her bus in. She's a nasty piece of work, this one. Uh, she left the bus in the road, confronted the passers-by and tried to throttle her. Tried to throttle her. 
She yelled, delete my picture, and swore at the man who tried to intervene. Golden Tours have fired her. Thank God for you don't people like that, do you, driving those sort of buses? Sorry, love, you jump red lights. There's a chance you could kill somebody. I'm glad you've lost your job. Uh, Cherie Blair's healthcare firm has gone bust after just three years. They were going to have like 100 UK clinics. They only had 11 and then it stopped trading the other day. So that was that one. Managed to get rid of that. And then the dumbest crook of all time. Why is it that crooks? And here he is, uh, Luke Wall of Tilbury in Essex, who was sort of, uh, they, they actually stole money from, uh, from various places. And they, they put pictures of themselves holding the money up on the internet. I mean, they really are thickos. And poor old Luke Wall is about as thick as they get. His uh, partner... Teresa Connors got eight months in prison. Two others were jailed at Ipswich. Uh, it was Luke, though, who was jailed for eight years. His sidekick got 26 months. I mean, you're sure you'll be enjoying yourself inside, won't you, really? I'm sure you will be. And, uh, I mean, really dumb, dumb, and then really dumb. OK, let's turn our attention to the Sunday papers. The, the Ascot story makes the Daily Star today. So I love all the free magazines. Who's this? Gemma Arterton. I think she's, she's quit... Hollyoaks, which, of course, is... I mean, I didn't even know she was, to be honest with you. I want a career that lasts 30 years. All right. No, I don't think so. And Holly Willabooby brings some surprise surprises, because she's doing that. Oh, no, it's... Yes, yeah, so Gemma Myrna, not Gemma Arterton, looking good after life on Hollyoaks. I tell you, if she walked in the studio now, I wouldn't know who she was. That's the trouble. You know somebody's name, but you don't know what they do at all. I've got Freddie Flintoff coming in tomorrow to be interviewed. Can't wait for that one. That should be very interesting. Uh, and then they've got uh, Kate Moss, her summer beauty and travel essentials. <laughs> what do you think it could be, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think the, the travel essential is for Kate Moss? Pardon me, I'm off the blown A fever. It's terrible. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Jeremy Carl show makes the papers as well today. They're, they're, they're sort of saying it's a, it's a bit, bit sort of set up. David Niven, thank you. David Niven, uh, the first bond in Casino Royale. It was a spoof, but it was still it was still a, a Bond spoof. Uh, Daniel Craig says, Duncan, oh, God, you don't know anything, Duncan. Go back to the hospital. Go and get some more, uh, some more drugs. Uh, 84850, Daryl from Slough, says, 1,300 quid a month for doing nothing. It's a disgrace. I work full-time, minimum wage, and take home £1,000 a month. Where's the justice? Absolutely. Well, there isn't any. There isn't any justice. Small wonder these people don't want to work. I think you've got to stop it immediately. I'm sorry, she can go out there and get a job. She doesn't look disabled. She doesn't look as though, you know, perhaps she's got depression or something. That other one's career's finished, doesn't it, now, which is good news. Um, you know, I mean, it's the people who rely on the state to such an extent. We've made the rod for our own back. As one of the critics in the paper says today, after these three doolally women went off to join ISIS and took the kids with them, and the husbands have now blamed us, you can't help thinking... As Tony Parsons says, when you see an ice cream van with Rossi on it and a woman in a full burqa serving ice cream, he said, it bears no resemblance to the country he was brought up in. He said, far from everybody integrating, he said, we've got ghettos. Ghettos. Where it's practically a no-go. Rochdale was, was a, a, a ghetto for people molesting young girls. And nobody said a word. I always keep that one very quiet. And, oh, no, we can't mention that. No, no, don't upset the community. <laughs> community never said diddly squat either, did they? Uh, what else? Oh, uh, David Niven played Sir James Bond and Peter Sellers played Evelyn Tremble. I think it'd be rather tough to make a film with either of them. Well, actually, they did do that, didn't they? It is possible to put people who've passed on in films. 
they have done it before because what they've done is they, they've taken clips. You've seen adverts on the television where they've taken clips from, from actors' films and they've made it look as though they're endorsing a particular product. I mean, at the moment, you're, you're watching uh, Audrey Hepburn in a chocolate advert on the television. What do you think? She filmed a chocolate advert? I don't think so. She's been dead for years. Grief. 84850, steve at uk, And uh, very quickly, uh, another one here. I agree with you about the benefit cheats, says Steve. He says, I get £60 a week working tax credits. I can't understand uh, why. I thought to have a child, you had to work to provide. Well, they don't, do they? Although you did have a couple in the paper the other day. They, well, they had 12 children, 17 children, not a penny piece. Not a penny piece in handouts. And yet there are other couples who insist on having it, and we pay for them. Of course, if we said there is no money, I'm sorry, if you have children, you better learn how to provide. All these single mothers everywhere, they get themselves pregnant, and then we're expected to pay for the child. Why don't you go back to the, uh, to the father? I think it'd be so much easier, wouldn't it? So much easier. Get them to pay for it. But, of course, they don't want to. They don't want to. Uh, 84850, Danny Cohen, late predictive text, and Hales Horace says, you called Gemma Collins a fat, useless lump. I didn't think she was that talented. I know. She's, but the trouble is, she's got good management, because, as we know from the programme, she can't string two words together unless it's obscenities, which is, uh, which is not good. Uh, we will have the story of Daniela Westbrook, just when you thought the uh, poor old soul had disappeared completely. And uh, now her suicide bid by snorting cocaine. I mean, you hold your hands up to the Lord above and you go, do we really give a 4X answer? Not really, but we'll do it because it's LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 7. It's Sunday morning. It's Father's Day. I omit to sort of get too excited by it because I don't know why we do Father's Day. It's like we've, we, we, they tried, didn't they, a short while ago to bring in Grandmother's Day, Grandfather's Day. We're soon having... I mean, I have seen in card shops, congratulations on your divorce card. And uh, I was thinking, that's quite interesting. Um, and from Anne, yes, we did get it, Anne. Oh, yes, we did mention it on the programme, the fan for the water. With the batteries? Oh, yes, 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 we mentioned it, definitely. 84850, uh, steve at Let's do another one here. Uh, and then uh, Divad, David, says it doesn't exist here. The poor people here in Thailand, you know, put your typical lazy chav back home to shame. I kid you not. I've just seen what looks like a 90-year-old Thai lady bent double in the heat selling fruit, presumably so she can survive and make a positive contribution. Yes, um, Absolutely. I think people come here, they go, listen, you can pick up £1,500 a month. I was, t- I was talking to somebody the other day, I'll tell you who it was. It was the, uh, the bloke who owns the place where they wash my car. And uh, a lot of them come from Latvia, from Slovenia, all sorts of places. And there's about 10 of them, 12 of them, who work washing cars. And it's a, an in and out, and then you drive around this bit, and then they dry the car and all the rest of it. And uh, they've got some new people in there. So I said to the guy, I always have a little chat to every week, I said, oh, we've got some new, new people. He said, yeah, he said, some went back home, uh, two wanted to go back and stay home. I said, is there enough work back home? And he said, yeah. I said, presumably, because most of them are over here. And the difference in wages, phenomenal. He said, in, in Latvia, he said, what would they earn a month? About £300. That would be considered a good wage in Latvia. Well, as you know here, if you're on benefits and it's 1400 quid a month, I mean, you're absolutely quids in. Quids you know, why do you think all these people take jobs as street cleaners? You know, as far as I'm concerned, this, this dreadful woman who went to have her boobs done, you know, who hasn't done a day's work in her life, as far as I'm concerned, get her out there sweeping the streets. 
Get her out there. I mean, this has got to be stopped immediately. She's 31. I don't want to fund her for the rest. I mean, she's got... She's, I mean, she's ugly. She's got tattoos all over her body. And if you can afford to have tattoos done, you can afford to get out there and do a day's work. But you're quite right, David. In other countries, you don't see people... You know, in China, people do back-breaking work. Women do back-breaking work out there to earn money. That's what they do. That's what they do. Over here, it's, oh, I think I've gone benefits. I mean, the whole idea was that it was meant to be a safety net to help people through a bad time. They've come to rely on it. They've come to rely on it. They've now got to take it away from people. But you bet your bottom dollar they're going to find loads of lawyers to say, well, I'm sorry, this woman's had this, this money for all these years, you can't take it away from her now. I just do it. Pete says it's only a matter of time before Claire Balding takes over the one show. Let's face it, she, she is taking over the universe, isn't she? Slowly, slowly, bit by bit. Must be the only programme she's not done. Well, perhaps she has done it. No, it has to be a man, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, does it have to be a woman working with Chris Evans? Not really, no. Uh, is Rochelle Humes going to be any good on the X Factor Extra? No, she's not. She wasn't much cop on this morning either. Some, somebody obviously somewhere, is, perhaps she's got secret photos of casting directors or something. I don't know. I don't know how she manages to get these gigs. Dreadful presenter. Dreadful. Luckily, it's a free world. Um, apparently, uh, somebody's talking about this, uh, this WhatsApp. And what it does is sort of combine a text message with a picture or video clip. He said it's, it's quite good. Oh, right. Is that what's, that, that's WhatsApp, is it? Oh, right. You see, I, I don't get any junk mail. I know, I've heard people before, they get loads of junk mail, and I don't, I don't get anything like that. I don't get anything at all. I only get, only get nice stuff, but it's, it's certainly never, never junk mail. Uh, Paul says, the single mothers near where I live get pregnant, not only because we pay for the child, but because the single mother gets free housing until the child reaches 18. I still keep wondering about that stupid woman they're putting on the television at the moment. It's a loop, a tape loop, I think, on BBC Two, because they've either run out of money or ideas or everybody's gone home and just sort of switched off the lights. And it's a a woman in London who's got a a company with her daughter, and they go to the fridge, and she's saying, oh, what what should we have this morning, Mum? And her mum goes, I think I'll have a fry-up. And she says, we we, we have this about two or three times a week. And so so the daughter goes, sometimes four, she goes. They've got a nine-year-old boy who has to go and get his mother's socks because she's too bone idle to do it. And so she says, you're a good boy, you are. And then she starts doing the breakfast and they've got a George Foreman grill. I've told you this before. And I watched it again the other day and I watched in disbelief because nobody's nobody's picked up on it in the newspapers to go, she's got to be the dumbest person ever because they've got the George Foreman grill. "Um, How many burgers do you want, Mum, goes the daughter, whose mental age must be about seven. And she goes, I'll have one and what? No, I'll have another one. And the other reason she has that, because she, she can, and I quote, she says, have as many of those as she wants, because the George Foreman grill takes all the fat away. So there's no fat in there at all. Isn't that amazing in this day and age? I wonder what education system she went through. So all the fat comes off, so there's no fat, so I can eat as many of these as I want. She's that stupid. She's that stupid. But they keep. But um, I'm sure somebody at BBC Two is going. Look at this woman. Look at this woman again. Look, she's doing doing the breakfast thing. I could have as many of these burgers as I want. As all the fat rolls off, and then the daughter goes. The daughter goes. But don't worry, Mum, because the fat's down there and not in your belly. And you think, oh well, like mother, like daughter, not the Bryce's penny. Uh, Noreen, Noreen, good morning. Says WhatsApp is like texting. As far as I know, you can send videos, photo. You certainly can. You certainly can send photos, and that was what the uh, the danger was with it. There's obviously sort of all sorts of unsavoury things on there, which is not so good. And happy 71st to Ray Davis of the Kinks. 71. I, t- I did turn on the telly. This must have been on Saturday morning. And it was a retrospective look at Glastonbury. 
of uh, all the people down there and all the big artists that they've had on stage. And it went through everybody, from Tom Jones, who was a bit flat. The song was good, but a bit flat. And uh, Neil Diamond and Shirley Bassey and Dolly Parton. And when I watched it all back again, that was the big question of the time. Was Dolly Parton memorexing or was she actually singing? Because her talking voice was completely different from the singing voice. Completely different. It was like two different things. Two different things. Anyway, brilliant day in Blackpool, says Noreen. No chabs. Train Watford to Preston, then Blackpool. Yes, you have to change, don't you? No chabs. You are a fibber, honestly. You know damn well that's where they live, most of them. <laughs> or failing that, they all come down here and they end up at Ascot. Ascot. Um, so, S Club's Hannah... Good Lord. She's ditched her love of her ex-bandmate. She was going out with Paul Catamol, the fat one who couldn't dance in S-Club. And uh, she went off with somebody else. And um, anyway, now she's, she's back with Paul, Paul Catamol again, which is like the most riveting non-story I've ever heard. More on the, uh, the church massacre fanatic. Apparently drugs played a big part. Not at all surprised. Another one of these people. He uh, was waving a flag at one time, which is a symbol of white supremacy. His parents, stupid people, Buy him a gun. What on earth were they thinking of? Why on earth would you buy a 21-year-old with behavioural problems a gun? I mean, it's, it's what amazed me, and I think they were talking about this yesterday on LBC, was could you ever forgive somebody who had massacred a member of your family? I heard a most heartbreaking story that uh, the oldest woman there, I think her grandson was crawling over to her, and he got shot in the head in point-blank range from this fanatic... You know, I mean, I don't think there's any answer, is there? I don't think there's any answer to people like this. I don't know what you can what you can do about them, because I should imagine America is full of these sort of people, these people who harbour these thoughts about other people. He was quite clearly not just a troubled teenager. He's appeared uh, in court via video link to be formally charged. He couldn't care less. He really couldn't. Why would he care less? He's out of his face on drugs, meth, coke, everything else. And, uh, and he calmly sat there. This is what the amazing thing. At a Bible class in a church got to the end and apparently he thought oh they all seem quite nice and then obviously the crystal meth kicked in and he just shot nine of them point blank range he loaded calmly five times five times i mean i don't think people knew what was happening it just doesn't seem possible does it but you look at him and they'll go the baby face killer i just go a psychopathic murderer i don't see any any point of them trying to sort of have a court case for people like that good god no take them out hang them straight away what's the point I mean, why would you try to rehabilitate somebody? I can't understand. Most people yesterday were saying, because some of the families of the people who were killed have said in court, we we forgive you, and he just stared at them by this this video link, probably because he couldn't see what was going on, so that would would be the reason. But he's not remotely bothered. Why would he be bothered? He shot all these people dead just like that. It doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. I don't understand things like that. You know, I have a fairly normal life. Luckily, my parents weren't stupid enough to go and buy a... A gun for me. Uh, 84850, uk. Apparently WhatsApp is a way to instant message, says Julia. Yes, and exchange photos, and that's what he did, which was uh, not good. Uh, I do miss Clive Anderson on the television. I was wondering if shows like Whose Line Is It Anyway or Goodness Gracious Me would even be commissioned uh, today. Well, yes, but you can go and see him live. He's down at the Adelphi Theatre. They're only down there until the early uh, early part of July. I thought he was on great form. You can hear Mira Sayal and Clive Anderson again this evening on LBC. Um, pa, 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 pa. Apparently, oh yes, we know the first Bond was Bob Holness. He played Bond uh, in Australia on the radio. That's what uh, that's what he did. Um, 
Steve, tough when you're not working, when Danielle Westbrook talking about committing suicide. Yes, she's on holiday again. I thought she was bankrupt. I'm sorry, I've obviously got, got the wrong end of the stick here. I thought she had no money. She couldn't afford to pay her bills. And, oh, can't do anything, can't do anything. As her little face contorts again. She's found another, another dipstick to hang around with who looks young enough to be her son. It's slightly disturbing. And uh, as I say, I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less about her if she wants to do half of Columbia. Up, I really couldn't care less. Doesn't make any difference, but I'm sick to death of seeing this old bag on holiday. You know, judging by, you know, all the things... I told you I worked with Daniela Westbrook some years ago when she was going through her major Columbia phase and she was going out with Brian Harvey. I say going out with him. That was the oddest relationship ever. That's the man who fell out of his car reversing round a corner. Hello, hello. Real world, attention. Hello, Brian. You all right, love? No, not really. Anyway, so Daniela Westbrook is on a coach with us and... Um, she spent most of her time sobbing into the phone. I love, I love you, Brian. <laughs> I thought, that's what drugs do to you. I'm so glad I just do aspirin and paracetamol. I've never had a day like that on paracetamol. What a lie once. I ran out once. Had to use Hedex. Wasn't quite the same, was it, really? But, you know, never mainlined on Hedex at the moment. Uh, Cliff Richard will not be at Wimbledon. He will not be at Wimbledon this year. He's, uh, he's decided to stay at home. So let's hope it doesn't rain, otherwise we all, all sort of hold our hands up. Greville Janner's secret visits to the Lords after being declared unfit. Papers are not letting go of this one. Stephen Fry wants to raise children with his husband. A bit old, I think, for things like that. The revenge porn dragon, pack your tea bags, we're going on holiday. Because the Brits always say, if you're going on holiday, you know, take your own food. Foreign food is not the same, is it really? And they can't make a cup of tea, so we take our own tea bags. Uh, the boy of nine, he's hoping to return to his school in Wales... As a girl, he's nine years old. I don't know where that comes from. Uh, the good news, Jessica Wright could leave Towie and the teddy bear cake that showed a little bit too much. Or did it? It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. On This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Sunday. It's the 21st of June. It's amazing, isn't it? We're rocket. I mean, we're nearly in July. And, you know, that's bad news if you're self-employed, because that's another tax bill. So, hope you've saved up your money, Danielle. Just mentioning it, just in case the Westbrook is listening at the moment. Oh, no, she's on holidays, isn't she? Suddenly, remember, she doesn't actually work for a living. She just goes on holidays. Uh, the Royal Ascot Security Shocker. They've got a picture of a reporter. He's got a little device. It looks like a phone. It's a stunner. You can buy it on the internet for about $100, £100, and it issues a, a charge. I was always amazed when we pulled into Cannes. There's a shop on the back street where they sell night visions, tasers, also pepper sprays, all sorts of useful things that I'm sure people had on the austerity march yesterday. Only the ones with the masks on who took their own fireworks. How sweet. Nowhere near bonfire night, but at least they took them down there, I suppose. Uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, according to the paper today, may have killed 35 people, not the 13 we originally thought. Uh, pack your tea bags, we're going on holiday. The Brits take loads of things away with them, don't they? I mean, whenever I used to go on holiday, you, you lay it all out on the bed, and the, the one thing you've got to take is tea bags, because foreign tea bags are rubbish. Absolute rubbish. They can't make a cup of tea for love and money. They've got no idea. Go to America. They've got no idea how to make a cup of tea. I'm not saying that our method is, is best, but they just don't, they just don't understand that at all. Uh, the boy of nine, he wants to be a girl, and he wants to go back to, at the age of nine. 
Oh, I have to ask the question, because there's another thing on Kelly Whatsaface, Maloney, again in the papers. You know, people have had sex changes and things like that. They then write books, they then go on about it and on about it and on about it to the point of, please go away. We don't really care. It doesn't make any difference. But when it's a nine-year-old boy who thinks he wants to be a girl, I begin to wonder, I mean, it's, it's that come down to the parents? I mean, could it really be going back that far? At nine years old, could you really make a decision that you want to be a girl? I don't know whether you could, actually. Uh, there's also uh, the mother. She ordered a teddy bear cake, and she thinks it's come with extra bits. You know, so this, this teddy bear cake. And it looks like a normal teddy bear cake. The company have said they think she's slightly odd, because what it is, it's where they folded the... Um, what do they make these cakes at? The icing over, and it's where it's, it looks like the teddy bear's been stitched. You know, which is because they've made a teddy bear cake. It's not really a teddy bear, you know, you're going to eat it. And, and so it's the stitching, and they, they think she's a bit perverted by thinking that it's showing Teddy's, Teddy's got bits, which, which she hasn't. I don't, are, all, are all Teddy's male? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do we have female Teddies? I don't think we do, do we? I think t- all, all Teddies are Teddy bears, so they're all, they're all men even though some people dress them up in women's clothing. But then that's cross-dressing teddies, and that's different. When you go to the bear shop to get yours stuffed, you know, you can go there and have your bear stuffed in any one of a number of different ways, and they, they generally hold sort of teddy open over sort of what's looked like a giant vacuum cleaner, which all of a sudden, all of a sudden, teddy goes from being very limp to actually quite stiff. And as the, as the feathers sort of pour in, and then they sort of stitch him up at the back, and then you can decide what outfits you're going to put him in. See, I think all, all teddies look good when they're naked. That's not any sort of peculiarity. I just think, I don't think you should really dress teddies up, should you? I never had an action man. Uh, Kelly Brooks in the papers today. I only mention that because other people used to get action men and, and dolls. and We never had anything like that at all. I think I was a deprived child. My parents were alive. I probably could have sued them for not giving me the toy. I never had a pogo stick either. Never had a pogo stick. What did I get? Babington set and swing ball. It's not very exciting, is it, when you're two years old? Um, what else do we have? Uh, the teenagers who are going to get meningitis jabs. And that fantastic story. Best story of the week about the, the Red Devils who are plummeting out the sky, and one bloke's plummeting out, and his, his chute didn't open. And so the other one who's coming on his chute, he grabbed him, and they both floated down together into the water. I mean, you know, and, and afterwards he said, I, I owe him a pint. I thought, owe him a pint? I owe him a bit more than a pint, and he said, that's what we're actually trained to do. I mean, it could have been a total disaster. You know, your chute doesn't open, but somebody else going down with him just, just grabbed him, so the two came down on the same chute. It frightens the life out of me. My dad used to do parachuting. And uh, I, I couldn't, I could never do anything like that. I would absolutely, I mean, even thinking about it, even thinking about sitting in a plane. You know, people do bungee jumping. I couldn't do bungee jumping. I couldn't do jumping out of a plane with, with a parachute on. And you see people, they do, oh, so-and-so's 98, and they can't wait. And I'm thinking, oh, listen, I would age, I should imagine, quite quickly. If somebody took me up in a little light aircraft, then they go, ready? And you know, they, they, they do your own parachute. You're, you're connected onto a, a, like a, a guide rail. And so as you go out, it opens your parachute. So it didn't open. Say it didn't open. I mean, would you be making a phone call on the way down? How long would it take before you sort of, you know, hit the ground? You know, I've often thought that there's always been that argument and that discussion. If you were in a lift and the lift all of a sudden failed and it plummeted to, to earth, if just before it hit you jumped in the air, could you? Could, and the answer is no, you couldn't. Because I used to think that if you if you sort of jumped in the air at the moment of impact, you could you could get away with it and walk straight out. And somebody said to me, you can't. 
I wasn't I wasn't willing to try it. I just thought I'd mention it this morning because you might be having this this dilemma over your breakfast hard boiled egg this morning or soft boiled egg or whatever egg you're having. I bumped into a lady yesterday and I said, I think you do a very good breakfast because she works for Patisserie Valerie. And occasionally I've had a breakfast. But but today, because I'm going to Taste of London in Regent's Park, I'm hoping to be fed over there. I've, I've, got, I've got, got a couple of pounds with me so I can go over there and perhaps get some. I'm looking for, tell you what I'm looking forward to having, but I bet they won't have it because it's Taste of London. I'm looking forward to uh, one of those German sausages with the cheese in it. I'm looking, oh, you don't like that? They're delicious. Kaiserwurst. Oh, delicious. Um, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, we had the austerity march. If you've just woken up, you knew about that yesterday. It's a shame it overshadowed London Live, because that was the most exciting thing in London. 150,000 people throughout the country, out of a country of 77 million, you know, having a little bit of a party out on the streets, round by the uh, the Bank of England and the Lord Mayor's nice new place. You know, it doesn't make any difference to most Londoners. We all have to suffer with it, and we sort of put up with it. At least they kept them well away from everybody. Uh, up in Trafalgar Square, people are having a right old ding-dong and singing and doing everything else. Uh, so, front page of the people, it's the story of this terrier. Now, I've said before that if you've got... And this terrier, when you looked at the house, I think you knew what sort of people they were. The garden was all overgrown. The dog was kept in a shed overnight. I mean, that kind of says it all to me, says it all to me. This baby was three weeks old. Now, if you have a terrier that's in a family and then all of a sudden a baby comes into it, the terrier automatically is thinking, what's that? What's that? Why are they fussing about with that? I'm, I'm here. I'm top dog. You've got to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. As a result of this terrier killing this baby, the dog will probably be destroyed. Through no fault of its own. It's it's bad owners. Always, always bad owners. Never bad dogs. Bad owners who've mistreated animals and done something else. I watched an Australian vet programme the other day. I find them fascinating because I suddenly realised in Australia there's more barking mad people with animals over there than there are here. Over there they had um, a Sharpe. And a friend of mine, uh, Pete and Dawn and Poppy had uh, Sharpe. I think they've still got a Sharpe. And they're those dogs that have got lots of rolls of flesh and everything else. So they look like giant um, pyjama cases. <laughs> anyway, this particular man had been told on numerous occasions he docks dogs' tails. But so much so that this, this poor little puppy, it turned infected and they had to take it away from him. And so they went round there and they said, listen, we've told you before, do not, you know, dock any more dogs' tails. It's illegal. Do you know you can't keep ferrets in Australia? Did you know in Australia you cannot keep ferrets? And if, if somebody finds a ferret and hands it in, it has to be destroyed. They can't give it to somebody else because ferrets bite. There's a man around Twickenham. He, he walks one on the pavement with a leash on it. Complete lunatic. And uh, so they had this sort of Sharpe, and it, somebody, he, he tried to cut its tail off. And so she went round there. And most of the, um, the RSPCA officers, or the equivalent over there, are women. And so she said, listen, I've got a warning letter for you saying, do not do it again. He said, well, you've got to catch me, haven't you? And I thought, so she said, oh, so you're saying you're not going to stop? No, you've got to catch me doing it. And so you think to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so she then said, well, I'm sorry, I have to take, take the letter away. She said, I'm going to prosecute. And, of course, the reason they didn't before is because he'd not been very well, but he was well enough to mutilate dogs. Is, is Stig talking about the austerity? No, he's still... Oh, he's talking about the dog. Oh, right, the dog and the, and the baby. You should never, ever, seriously, just going back to that tragic story, and it's, I've seen it before, dogs are very territorial. If you've got a dog in a house, it's very difficult to introduce another dog because the first dog's going to go, listen, this is my place. And when you've got a, a baby in there 
And, of course, when they're three weeks old, they don't know that it's a baby. They just see... It could be just... It's a doll to them. It's something that's in their... They don't know what it is. I don't know how it happened. It just sounds ghastly. But when you looked at this house with this overgrown garden, the dog that had been locked in a shed, and the people who were turning up, I thought... There's lots of people like that out there. Lots and lots of people. And it's just tragic for this, uh, for this child. It really is. Uh, way too posh you Remember we had Victoria Beckham the other day, changing the subject and turning to a lighter outfit. Um, and uh, she was giving away some of Harper's little outfits uh, to raise money for charity. So, you know, you have to be careful when somebody's raising money for charity. But, of course, you know, as usual, the attention-seeking Victoria Beckham uh, gets as much publicity as possible. And so they had loads of pictures of people queuing up and I thought, well, that's nice, people who've got that much money. I think some of the outfits went for about £300, up to God knows how much for some of the de- the designer ones. Um, and so they had all this stuff in there, and they had all these, all these people queuing up behind the rope. And then it turns out, the papers said, that they were people who worked in the shop. They were queuing up because they worked there, but they, they were queuing up to make it look like there was a, there was a crowd... They were even given a script, a script to regurgitate to TV crews invited to the event at Mary's Living and Giving Shop, owned by uh, Mary Portas in Primrose Hill. An email told the pretend customers to say, I got down here at 6am, I'm desperate to get my hands on one of Harper Beckham's gorgeous outfits. That's disgraceful. That is absolutely awful, isn't it? Because uh, Victoria donated 25 of uh, Harper's clothes. Imagine having 25 outfits. Imagine having... I haven't even got 25 outfits. And I'm much older. Much older. I mean, where does Harper Beckham get her money from? That's what I want to know. Well, she got her own account or something? She haven't got a... Please tell me she's not got a Coots card. I couldn't bear it if she's going shopping by herself. We don't want her to be as vacant as Tamara Beckwith, do we? Apparently, the charity said some staff were asked to queue. Within 40 minutes, more than half the outfits were snapped up. Riveting. Absolutely riveting. Victoria Beckham knew nothing about this at all. Because I don't even think she was there. But uh, there was a peach dress there for £150 and a quilted grey dress. Sounds nice. I see myself in quilted because I've got a duvet like that. So that's quite nice. Uh, prices started at £250, going up to 500 for a complete outfit for a child. For a ch- it's obscene, isn't it? It really is. Makes you feel physically ill, I'm afraid. Quarter past seven. Morning, everybody. Seven tw- I nearly said 7.40 because it was the number four. 7.20 is the time. So just in case... I just had a, a, a quick word with Stig. He's going to be talking after nine o'clock this morning about this, uh, this dog, this terrier which killed the baby three weeks old. And I think that probably any dog lovers listening, and you know how much of a dog lover I am. And in fact, actually, I just like animals full stop. I, I've, I had to sign that petition the other day. I didn't have to, but my conscience got the better of me in China, where they have this dog meat festival, which is sort of going off the boil a little bit. It's, you know, a lot of people are sending in and complaining about it. I just I can't understand how anybody could ever harm a dog. But as I've said before a million times, you go to Battersea Cat and Dog Home and the majority of the dogs down there, staffies. For some reason, you know, people... And you'll talk to people on LBC. You know, if, if you open up the phone lines later on, which Stig will, then you'll hear people saying, I've got a staffie who is very good around children. But where you have a dog who's in the house before the child comes along, that house is that dog's. And terriers... You've seen them. That's, they're called terriers because once they grip onto something, they don't let go. They use them for, uh, for ratting and for catching badgers and things like all these sort of things. They send them down. Hold the terrier man was quite well known years ago. Terriers, are, you know, they might be little dogs, but by God, I tell you, once they get once they get into something, and in this particular case, and I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but as far as I know, they said on the television this morning that um, the dog was normally locked up in the shed at night. 
I thought, if they can't even be bothered to cut the grass in the house, they quite clearly obviously don't look after their uh, their animal very well indeed, and that's why I think this poor child met its fate. I mean, it's quite a ghastly story, but I bet you anything, all the all the dog lovers will be out this morning saying it's not bad dogs. The dog has had to, to pay the price for that, for doing something which it probably thought it was it was right in doing. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. We've loads of these, actually. Apparently, Craig says, I've just read on her Twitter feed, Westbrook's off next week to Mallorca. Don't even get me going, please. Um, uh, South African radio, says Dean, for Bob Holness. And uh, I've got a girl teddy, says Anna, called Macy. Oh, from Macy's. In a ma- yeah, but you see, but a teddy is male. He's, well, he's supposed to be male, as far as I know. As far as I know. Uh, 84850, uh, Do you watch the Dog Whisperer? I've seen the one in America. Do, do we have a Dog Whisperer here as well? You know, do we do we do we see that? I don't know. Uh, Star leaves fiance for her ex from legendary kids band. There was nothing legendary about S Club Seven. They were just a little kids band, a little kiddie band. And Hannah Spirit dumped her fiance uh, recently, whose name is Adam, and she's gone back in the arms of Paul. This is Paul Catamol. This is the one who couldn't dance in the group, who went incredibly fat. Do you remember at the end we all went, "My God, what's gone wrong?" Anyway, she's gone back uh, with him, and so she's back, and it's it's lovely. You know, it's really great. Uh, Rachel Stevens, the other ones, uh, you know, life after the group. Rachel was a solo artist, not at all successful, I'm afraid. Uh, Lads Mag model. All you have to do is just stand there in your bra and knickers, and they'll, they'll take a picture of you. And a reality TV star. No, she wasn't. Joe O'Meara was the racist bully of Shilpa Shetty, and uh, that's her only claim to fame. Uh, I think she was the only singer in the group. I don't think anybody else sang in it. I think the others la la, didn't they? Tina Barrett is still trying to carve out an, a successful solo career. Not happening. Bradley McIntosh joined a failed boy band called Upper Street. No, me neither. I've never even heard of them. That's perhaps that's why they're a failed boy band. If they were successful, I would have heard of them. Uh, John Lee stars in West, Bend, Est, West End musicals. And, uh, and Paul joined heavy metal band Skua. The S Club 3, Hannah acted in Primeval and on stage. So there you go. That's what happened to S Club. But anyway, she, so she ditched and she's now gone back to uh, Fat Boy Fat. So that'll be great for her. And uh, they all do that, though, don't they? You know, within, within sort of groups, they, they sort of suddenly realise that they, they can't actually function without the other people in the group, which is all very exciting. Oh, look! Oh, my goodness me! Michelle Keegan has got a starring role in a BBC One drama called Our Girl. Last one died, didn't it, really? Anyway, she's agreed a £250,000 deal. What a load of old cods wallops. She won't get 250000 quid. Where do they think these people are coming from? They won't get £250,000, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, they have to put it in there to make it sort of, you know, look a bit, uh, a bit good. But, of course, I'd be very, very surprised if she'd get anything like that under 250000 She's agreed this deal after returning from Honeymoon. Well, there's nothing else on the cards. What's the deal? It's either that or um, McDonald's cola. Would you like fries with that? About as good as it gets, isn't it? In a falling lift, it would be impossible, Steve, to get the timing of jumping at the last minute right. But if you did get it right, it would only help very, very slightly. Best thing to do is stand with slightly bent knees to absorb the impact. To be honest with you, I should imagine if I did that, my knees would be through the roof of my mouth. I can't see, actually. I'm also, the, the argument would have to be, if it was a glass lift and you could see every, you could see when the bottom was, was coming up. And, of course, they, you know, lifts have got all these fail-safe 
things built into them. And it's like a ratchet system. It's like on the roller coaster. As you go up the first incline, you hear it going click, 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 because it's going over the cogs, so it can't roll backwards. In theory. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they go into other roller coasters, which shouldn't be on the same track. But uh, no, so that's why they won't. So when you go up, 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 it doesn't, doesn't roll back at all. Just what I tell you that now, because I, I've been on roller coasters. I like roller coasters. Sig Abel hasn't got any, any Father's Day presents this morning. I think that's really... I said, you've got any Father's Day presents? It's too early. They're not all up yet. Even though his son woke him up this morning shouting. But kids are like that. I used to wake up shouting. Christmas time was the worst in our household. Because, you know, you go to bed, you get all excited. You know, and you go, oh, yeah. And you've, and you've had a look at the Christmas tree. And it looked really good the night before. And then when you go down, your, your, your parents would have smoked cigars over... Well, not my mother. She didn't smoke cigars. She had a pipe. And uh, so anyway, so you'd, you'd sort of go down. And on Christmas morning, there'd be a couple of old glasses of sherry around. Unless you'd knock those back. <laughs> Twelve years old, I tell you. I was the best drunk in our household. And, um, and then you have this. And then you, and you look at the tree. And the tree was there. And we used to put angel hair on it. We didn't realise you could get a nasty... I got a nasty rash. Just like, look. I got the... Where the dick... That's not angel hair. No, I've got I've got a line down my arm, like I've scratched myself. It just appeared. It's like sort of you know that person who had the stigmata on their hands and everything. I've got this. I've obviously been beaten by somebody overnight. Anyway, so anyway, so you used to come down, and you'd have angel hair on the trees. And what it was, it was it was like I can't really describe it. It's it's not asbestos, but it's it was like something that you teased out, and then you put it over the tree, and the light reflected through it. Did you remember? You know, did you remember? You know what I mean, don't you? But we used to call it angel hair. We'd come down. We used to have little Chinese lanterns on our trees, which we got from Hong Kong. And uh, in the days when, you know, now it's all LED lighting, so if it breaks, you throw it away and buy another set. You know, we used to spend ages with ours out on the floor going, which blasted light is it? Is it that one? Is it that one? I don't know. Anyway, so we come down, you look at the presents, and you could see them under the tree, and you sort of, you, you pick pick one up, and you think, shake it a little bit and see. It's like going around the table, you know, Christmas lunch, isn't it? Which cracker is the heaviest? You know, that's the one you move into your place. Who wants the light cracker? It's generally got something naffing, and you take it back. What if you end up with a compact? Always very useful, isn't it? I never, I never keep any of the presents. Anyway, I'm saying to you that we would do that on Christmas morning, and then you'd look at the clock, and it'd be like half past one, and you think, oh, why are they not up? Why are they not up doing presents? You sit in bed, and then you sort of read a book, and then you sort of stare out the window, and it was. 20 to 2, and you think, this is going to take forever. And then eventually you do fall asleep, and then you wake up, and it's like 6 o'clock, and you think, 6 o'clock's okay to go and wake your parents up, isn't it, on Christmas morning? As you go in there, morning! Trying to be all cheerful, and your mother goes, uh, uh. Father goes, uh, uh. You go, uh, can we get up now and do the presents? What time is it? 6 o'clock. Oh, not yet, no. Oh, God, how much longer? You know, by this time I'm growing a beard. I'm beginning to look like the old man who comes down your chimney. Eventually, by half past seven, you finally manage to get your parents up into the kitchen because my mother refused to do anything till she's had a cup of tea. Would you like some toast? No, we want to open the presents. We'll do the presents. I've been waiting since the last half past one in the morning. Meanies. And then my mother would sit down and then we... <laughs> we used to have to do the same in our household every year. We had to have champagne and orange juice Christmas Day. It was the only time in our house we'd ever seen a champagne bottle. So we had uh, we had champagne and orange juice, which meant that my mum was tiddled for most of the present opening. And she had to sit there in a dressing gown, because we wouldn't give her enough time to change, writing down what everybody had sent you for Christmas. Because, you know, up to the age of about 14, the family sends you presents. You know, 
It's quite nice, you know. Didn't, the moment you turn 14, you've had it. That's it. Finished. Christmas is over. You sit there nursing one present. And so you used to get all these presents in. My mum said, what, what's that? You get, oh, I don't know. I'm just ripped the paper off. Well, where's the... Give, give the paper. Well, it's nice paper. Save that. We can use that for the tree presents later. And so they'd save it. My mother used to have a drawer full of pressed paper. You know, Aunt, Auntie Winifred in sort of Canada... I'd sent you a comb or something, you know, or something to polish your shoes with. Honestly, oh, my family were barking mad. I don't know where they got this stuff from. And every year now, from the parents of my godchildren's uh, mother on Sharon's side, her mother every year buys me an odd outfit. Last year it was a onesie. A onesie, a Superman onesie. And they make me go and put it on. You have to put the year before I got a Father Christmas jumper. The reason I'm mentioning Christmas is because if we're doing Father's Day, we might as well talk about Christmas because I watched a Christmas film the other day having a glass of Prosecco and people writing to me saying, are you mad? It's June. I said, I know, but I think you could do Christmas all year round. I mean, I have Christmas lights up all year round. I don't call them Christmas lights. I just call them lights, which are coloured, which are nice. It's 7.30. 27 minutes to 8. I like to be cheerful on a Sunday morning. Uh, Ola Jordan in the paper today. The dreary Ola and her even more dreary husband have had a little reality show. I don't think it actually rocked any boats, I'm afraid. But apparently she's told how she feared she wouldn't be able to walk after she sustained an injury on that programme, The Jump, which nobody watched either. But apparently uh, he's not working. He's not doing anything because he's, he's got strange issues. We've seen him on the, uh, on the Big Brother thing and he's certainly got anger management issues. And, um, and apparently uh, they might be thinking about a child. And that is the extent of the story. That is the extent of the story. Uh, worshippers' prayers have been answered at one cathedral as they'll soon better join in with services on social media. So our father who tweets in heaven, I think, could be the... Well, thank you. You don't have to uh, clap or applaud or anything like that. Uh, Johnny Depp is selling his, uh, his house... 16.3 million. That sounds quite nice. It's uh, six miles inland from Saint Tropez. Spent seven million doing it up. Uh, 37 acres. He's converted the church into a guest house, and the confessional box is a walk in wardrobe. Oh dear. I quite like the idea of living in a church. It's always, uh, always appealed to me, I think. Uh, what else? We still haven't found, have we? We still have not found. The uh, the woman who was eating her cereal. I might go and sit on Hampton Bridge just to see her, because, you know, those uh, red discoveries, they're not that common round there. Uh, Carol McGiffin in her column today talks about uh, the X Factor losing its appeal. She said, but with a new lineup of judges, I'm afraid it's well and truly over. She says, maybe it's my age, but I do not get Nick Grimshaw. What exactly is his USP? You know, there's loads of cool, famous people. That's, that's about it. Well, exactly, can't get an audience for the show. The funny thing is, did you see that after his audience dropped yet again? which is very embarrassing in this business, you know, when somebody's being paid that much money, you know, to have your audience disappear. The BBC explained by saying, of course, he's actually shedding the people that we don't want on that programme. He's appealing to young people. I thought, he doesn't appeal to young people. That's the trouble. All his friends are sort of fairly much older, you know, and things like, you know, no, he doesn't appeal to young people. He's got nothing in common with them. What sort of young person goes out partying with Kate Moss? Nobody I know. Nobody I know. Also, she wouldn't be the most fun. She spends most of her time face down, doesn't she, on the pavement. So that's not the best thing at all. And uh, and then there was a picture of, um, oh, people who've had, uh, you know, arguments with their spouses. The Lauren Goodger. You remember the talent, talentless Lauren Goodger has been having a bit of a... A bit of a spat going on with her ex. And uh, then there was the Jordan and Peter Andre. And she says she can't wait to go to court. When does it come to court? January. 
Good God, honestly. So they, they've kind of plugged it now. And I forget what the what the thing is over. But anyway, she said there are going to be some revelations coming out. I thought, yes, that uh, Peter is a simple person and he's probably quite nice. And that's, that's all good to be it. But of course, she'll have to write another book about it, won't she? Father's Day, the loose women on their own fathers. Linda... Uh, this is lovely, uh, Linda here, says, I'll be at my dad, uh, Bobby's grave today with picnic food from Marks and Spencer's and a packet of silk cut. That sounds quite good, doesn't it? Nadim, here she is, and, um, she said, Nadim taught us to be our own, our own person. That's Nadia Sawal. And, uh, Kay Adams says, constant support speaks far more than words. Uh, mine has a circle of trust. And this is uh, Andrea, who's got a, another boyfriend. My God, she's working away through the entire nation at the moment. You know, she just can't be happy, can she? But she says, uh, Dad gets out a glass called the Crystal Thistle and pours out a thick measure of Drambuie and a thick measure of Scotch whisky. Lovely. That's the way forward, though, isn't it, really? I can't bear Drambuie. Can't bear the smell of it. It's horrible. And whisky. I'm not, I'm not a whisky drinker at all. Now, vodka. Now, vodka. That's a completely different thing. What else do we have today? Oh, Michelle Heaton again. It's another exclusive. Only, unfortunately, Michelle, they've shoved you to page 33, so not as exclusive as you'd like to think. She lives in fear of getting cancer, despite having a double mastectomy. I mean, how many more times can she talk about this? The other day... You know, and I don't want to be rude, but to be honest with you, recycling the same old story is becoming a bit tedious, even by my standards. We had uh, poor old Jeff Brazier going on about the anniversary of Jade Goody's death for the umpteenth time. It's almost like every year they trot him out again, and he's, you know, and he sort of, he drones on about Jade Goody, like they weren't even together at the end. <laughs> She'd been off and married somebody else. Remember that convicted thug that she went and married? Uh, big mouth Katie Hopkins. Do like her, do like her. Says she felt like committing murder when her first husband walked out of the marriage. They say she's notorious for outspoken views. No, she just tells the truth. Tells the truth. And if you tell the truth, you know, that's all you can ask of somebody nowadays. Uh, Front of the uh, Sunday Express. The war heroes uh, who uh, managed to save each other, I suppose. Catch me if you can. Luckily, it was caught on on camera. I mean, absolutely amazing. And then they fell into the harbour. Uh, picture of the baby killed by the tiny terrier. But as I say, don't be fooled by little dogs. Do not be fooled. Teenagers to get the meningitis jabs. UK leading the way, of course, in fighting this disease. And union leaders have said we need 10,000 new family doctors. Jihadi John fled to Libya after he was unmasked. He's gone very quiet, hasn't he, really? We don't, I mean, we should be eternally grateful that we don't have many more of this buffoon. Because now we know exactly who he is and we know the family. We know everything. Uh, the church... Here, this is a church uh, which sells cancer and autism cures that can kill. Uh, they sell a bleach liquid. I don't know if you've heard about this in the papers. You need to read it because it, it's too complicated. They say it's a miracle mineral solution, but uh, it's the Mexican-based church of Genesis 2 gaining a... You know, it's another one of these crackpot churches, I'm afraid, where people will happily swallow this bleach, which they say can cure cancer. Unfortunately, it can kill you. That's all I can tell you. And uh, they say here, last Saturday, trading standards officers interviewed 15 people who gathered at uh, Farnham Railway Station awaiting car rides to this woman's home for a seminar. It's a woman called Amanda Mary Jewell who lives in a mansion in Farnham, works at a clinic in Bulgaria which offers controversial cancer cures. There is no cure. Okay, let me tell you, you're not going to be getting anything by going to Bulgaria. The only thing you're going to be getting is a very light wallet. That's what these people are after. Uh, Cyprus. I mean, it's, it's, it's disastrous over there. The economy is just falling apart. In, in, 
in Greece. What did they say the other day on the television? Was it something like bank, uh, bank account holders had withdrawn three billion euros just the other week? And we've, and the, uh, and the other groups have had to prop it up. I mean, the whole thing is just falling apart. Absolutely falling apart. There are shops over there where they're not sure how they're going to survive another week. David Cameron's father-in-law is expected to rake in an extra quarter of a million a year when a second subsidised wind farm is built on his land next year. Sir Reginald Sheffield is set to benefit, despite a government crackdown, on new onshore wind turbines. And um, what's this one here? Oh, right. This is an interesting one. Uh, Every police force is to have heritage crime officers dedicated to tackling thieves who plunder churches, graveyards and conservation sites for priceless stones. Thefts have reached an epidemic level with slabs, some of which date back to Roman times, being ripped up from churches, graveyards and pavements across Britain. Even gravestones are disappearing, including a grade two listed chapel at Thornton near Bradford where the Bronte sisters were baptised. Much of it, they say, sold for building projects. Well, who's buying it? I think you know who's buying it, don't you? Um, what have we got here? Uh, the real reason why family doctors are quitting. Yes, I mean, I'm always horrified when my, my doctors retire. I've, since I've been with my surgery, two of my, my doctors have retired. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, actually. Uh, also, the uh, the couple here who owned Oscar and Hope, they were pets. And they've saved them from the dinner plates of the Far East uh, they were destined for restaurants in Laos or Vietnam until rescued by a charity which found their cages. Because lots of these dogs are stolen. And you know in China, of course, they have this, this dog meat festival, which I think is absolutely dreadful. Helga says, it sounds terrible, but I can't wait for Christmas and I'm 57 years old. Well, it's always good for you, isn't it? We did have a guest the other week on the programme, did we not? Who says that he eats uh, Christmas pudding once a month and absolutely loves it. And uh, I, I am I am of the, the same opinion. I absolutely love Christmas pudding. I can never eat it on Christmas Day. And you can only buy them. Is it? it must be the only thing that you can only buy at Christmas. I've never seen them on sale the rest of the year. I don't know why. Perhaps it's... Perhaps, I mean, I'm sure that they... they oh, my, my computer is uh, frozen. I don't, know, I don't know why it's frozen. All of a sudden you can't do... It's not, uh, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Wait a minute. Somebody will come in and waggle around with my mouse or do something. Because it's not, um... Yeah, look, it's not, uh... It's not turning in. Is that turning? No. Look. There, there. Just talk among yourselves. Have some more toast. Whoops. Get down there. Wait a minute. I'll move that microphone just to one side. So some of the other stories which were which were trending in the papers is the... The five Britons could be a lengthy session, couldn't it, I fear? The five Britons who are facing hanging in Pakistan, because Pakistan are emptying death row. And I'll tell you about them if we have enough uh, enough time. Uh, Charlotte Church and uh, Russell the Boar Brand addressing, both multimillionaires, obviously not not appreciating what a lot of people were there from. And uh, Tony Parsons, warm heart, very acid tongue, talking about how, you know, this, this country is now full of ghettos of people who appear to be doing all sorts of things and nobody's doing anything about it. He said when he looked at the picture of a woman in a full burqa serving ice cream from a Rossi van, he knew that this was not the country in which he was born. Um, I'm not sure, actually, about the boy of nine. The more I think about the story, the more I think I'm not sure whether somebody of nine years old actually knows their mind and understands what it is like to uh, to be transgender but i don't know how early it it goes back i'm not too is it working no oh right okay all that means that sort of kind of looked a bit bad actually (laughs) it didn't look so promising but um 
It's a case of, you know, at nine years old, I mean, I thought they're supposed to be playing with cars. It doesn't matter if they play with dolls or something like that. Lots of people have toys, which seem to, which seem to work equally well for boys and for girls. But then you do ask yourself, because he said he wants to go back to school at nine as a girl, you have to ask yourself the question, I mean, does he really... I mean, they must have to go through serious psychiatric treatment and help, because otherwise, I mean, how are you going to... Oh, not somebody else now. Uh, oh, top team now. Right, OK. Let's move to one side. Uh, also, the security shock, apart from telling you that somebody managed to take in one of these taser-type things, and they were pictured standing next to Bruce Forsyth, and this is to Asker, I'm not at all surprised that they then claim, one of the newspapers, that they found evidence of cocaine use. Of course they found evidence of cocaine use. There are thousands of people there. What do you think? They're all drug-free. Most of them can't even get on the journey without being tanked up. So consequently... Oh, there we go. Lovely. So, uh, thank you. So, you know, the very idea they go, and we found traces of cocaine in the VIP section. Well, that would be exactly where I would expect to find it. I should imagine you could probably go through, you know, every public toilet in London and you could probably find people who, uh, who take cocaine. Because it seems to, you know, far from it being the drug of celebrities, I think it seems to be the drug of just about everybody nowadays. Uh, it's Greece. Yes, thank you. Yes, I mean, Cy- Cyprus. We know Cyprus isn't in trouble because we've got friends out there. Uh, 84850. Last year, says Patricia, you, uh, I correctly guessed the word brown that you tried to transmit telepathically. She said yesterday, and you've just freaked me out again. She said yesterday, I woke up with a huge scratch down my arm. Right forearm, four inches. No, left and about, I don't know, to be honest with you, I've looked at it thinking, I don't even know what it is. Is it like my own stigmata, do you think? I mean, I've probably been indoctrinated into the Catholic Church without even really... I looked at I was sitting in the shower, yes, I sit in the shower, and, uh, and I was, well, I've got a seat in there, a little armchair, and, uh, no, I like sitting in the shower, I can't bear to stand in showers, how pointless is that? Good Lord gave us seats. Somebody invented them somewhere along the line, and I sit in it. So I've got a nice one. I think it's meant for orthopaedic people. It's meant for people who don't have the ability to stand up in the shower, as opposed to just bone idle. And that's why I've got... So I sit in there, and it's actually... It's quite nice. It's got four legs. I'm not sort of balancing or something. And uh, you sit... It's got a back on it, so you can lean back, if you so desire. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. It means you can reach every part of your body. Because when you get a bit older, sometimes you can't reach every part, can you? Sometimes you don't want to reach every part. But uh, it was only then I was, I was sort of... I'd soaked my flannel up in preparation. And um, and then I looked at it. I thought, what the dick? And I saw it through the soap as the soap bubbles trickled lovingly down my arm. I, thought, I remember thinking, what in God's name is that? It's very odd, isn't it? So I must have scratched myself at some point. Because I don't, I don't have a cat. 14 minutes. No, it's not. It's 13. 13 minutes to eight. Steve Allen on LBC. Conversation. Stig Abel. This morning from 8 on LBC. Stig will be with you in about 9, 10 minutes. At t- I can't believe where the time is. It's whizzed through this morning. Very much looking forward to uh, Taste of London. Very much looking forward to that. I'm hoping that it's going to be nice and busy and there's some nice, uh, nice food there this morning. And don't forget, if you want to come down to London, uh, then we've got West End Live in Trafalgar Square. I think the other day, Toby Anstis was hosting it. I don't know if he's hosting today. But uh, it's worth going down. All the West End shows are represented. It's a, it's a really, really good day. It all starts about 12 o'clock down there, about 12 o'clock. Uh, Pat, thank you very much indeed. I'm having trouble downloading everything at the moment. It's, it's not going as, uh, as well as it could do. Uh, Jane in Cheltenham. 
Oh yes, this uh, this this is the the teddy bear cake, and what it is, it's it's the the seam on it where they made it look as though it's been sewed up. It makes it look as though it's a bit rude, but it's not. And the owner of the bakery says that he he couldn't understand why somebody had actually, you know, complained about a cake which was so innocent. They've been making these teddy bear cakes for ages and ages and ages, and nobody's ever complained about them before. But you always get somebody who'll go, oh, I think this is absolutely disgraceful. And you think, no, it's not. It, it's, it's quite normal, actually. Well, it's as, as normal as it can be in this day and age. Uh, 84850, I reckon those attending, says Doug, the so-called austerity march, are more protesting on seeing their benefits being stopped, rather concerned for those in real need. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, I've got no idea what on earth Charlotte Church is doing there. Nice to see her standing upright in daylight hours, but, uh, you know, what she's got to do with it, I've got no idea. Uh, Ian says, do you remember when That's Life was required viewing on Sunday nights? Yes, happy days, happy days. Maybe they should bring it back with Fern Cotton. You are having a laugh, aren't you? We don't want to see Fern Cotton on the television ever. Again, dreadful presenter, dreadful presenter. <laughs> Uh, 84850, most popular family and friends app, says Brian. This is uh, WhatsApp. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, Brian, it wasn't uh, in this particular guy's uh, case. Really not good at all. Uh, 84850, Millie from Serbia says no tax credits, housing benefit or unemployment. Only serious disability if you, uh, if you had a heart op worth 200 euros. Where I come from, the family has to look after all your needs. We have no help at all. I know. I mean, over here, it's it must be like Christmas every day for a load of people. Really must be. Um, Steve, I've just received uh, a post on my Facebook page from some friends who are at the closing party of Yates's Wine Bar in Leicester Square. I don't even know where Yates's Wine Bar is. Where's Yates's Wine Bar? Oh, is it underneath us? Is it closing? Was it close? She said something the closing party at Yates's Wine Bar. Sometimes on a Sunday morning, it's like a disco up in our office. It, it go. Poof, I don't know what they're playing, but it certainly isn't the Carpenters down there. You know, if you, if you, heard, if you heard a good Christmas tune, it'd be a different place. So what will replace it? I don't know, the Steve Allen, let's knit, let's knit something. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, here you're going to the, uh, the Taste of London today, says Jason. Please stop by the Celebrity Cruises stand. The team there are offering top chefs presenting food dishes uh, from the onboard menu. <laughs> if you say hi to Michael English, who runs the Celebrity Offering, tell him I sent you, he'll look after you. Jason, as if I'd do anything like that. He said, the food's stunning, as I know, after my Sydney to Vancouver voyage. You may remember. I'm, I'm, yes, I mean, I, Celebrity Cruise has got a very good uh, reputation, actually. Uh, from Malcolm. Oh, we're not going to get everything in today, are we? He says, your theory about breaking your fall by jumping in a falling lift reminded me of a thing which puzzles me. If you're on a bus which is moving along and there's a fly on the inside of the window, when it leaves the window and is no longer in contact with any part of the bus, why doesn't it get left behind? <laughs> You must stop worrying about these things. You really must, actually. It's terrible. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, on the subject of uh, the coaster at the top of the stratosphere. Uh, oh, it's gone, Steve. They haven't had a roller coaster at the top of the stratosphere for ages. It's gone. They've just got a car which moves out and then tips down. But the roller coaster went ages ago. Ages ago. It's uh, It ain't there. There is one on the... Um, one of the hotels, but uh, not that one. Uh, from Mikey in Kent, bit early. He said, bit early to talk about Christmas. He says, on second thoughts, the footballers will be back in August. So how about soon to the Christmas lights in Regent Street? Well, I reckon even earlier than you imagine. Uh, thank you for signing the petition against the Yulin Dogmeat Festival. I put it on my Facebook page so many times. I know, it's. it's I mean, it's, it's absolutely atrocious it really is it things like that drive me mad they really do i, I can't uh, i can't bear anybody who does 
anything like that to animals. It just, I just don't understand it at all. I can't get my head around it. Anybody stuck for a treat, says Jim on Father's Day. You could take your dad to visit Southend Airport for the Vulcan Restorations Trust's second Visit the Vulcan Day for 2015. Gates open at 10 o'clock this morning. Last admission's at 4pm. They've got um, a website, which is... Uh, avrovulcan.com A-V-R-O Vulcan.com Okay? Have a nice programme. He lives in T-shirts. Lives in T-shirts. <laughs> He's got to go for the long walk downstairs. It's like an exercise class. Every time he goes down there, it's like a long walk. Go now. You're on air in a few minutes. Goodness sake, honestly. They might start without you. <laughs> I love it when he pops his head around the door. Uh, David says, I always pick up Christmas pudding in September from a supermarket in Bristol when I'm in the UK. Last year, came early, and sadly, none were available. It's funny, isn't it? I might be going into a shop once and asking for sunglasses, and they said, it's winter. I said, yeah. And they said, but we don't sell sunglasses in winter. I said, what about people with bad eyes? And they went, oh, right, never thought about that. I thought, yeah, loads of people who've got very, very, uh, very, not particularly bad eyes, but just very sensitive eyes. I mean, I have to live in sunglasses. Absolutely have to live in sunglasses. It's uh, even on bad days. Otherwise, my eyes get so bad, so, so bloodshot, you know, you can, you can sort of suffer quite, uh, quite badly. Uh, listen, just about finishing. What's the out time? 59. That's OK. Uh, very quickly, front page of the Mail on Sunday. Former Miss GB, TV dragon Bannatine threatened to expose intimate pictures. I think she's done a two paper deal. Uh, because she appears in one of the other newspapers as well, the Daily Mirror. So the Mirror and the Mail have both bought the same story. Cliff Richard says to the Mirror that he can't face Wimbledon, Ant and Wrecked, uh, a five-hour stag party. It was uh, only ruined by the fact that Keith Lemon was there. How dull and dreary. As a man who needs uh, uh, an, it- an, an item on his programme on how to present programmes. And Jill says, we used to drape Lametta over our decorations and treat. Yes, you can still buy it. It's the only thing I buy in uh, Poundland every year because you drape it and it comes in green, red and silver and gold and then you just drape it over the tree. It looks very, very pretty. And then you just hoover it up and throw it away at the end of the, the year. There's a woman in the paper today. She's turning up on a programme on the telly about cats. I think she's somewhere in London. She's got cats all over the place. She's got about 30 at home. 30 cats. How the husband puts up with it, I've got no idea. And the hooker, who uh, has now been off with Yea's brother. I can't believe this. This is in the sun today. She'll have stern words with, with Stig Abel. Uh, tornado, I was abused by Kelly Brook. She apparently verbally abuses uh, people. Tony Parsons, very good. Tolerant UK tried diversity. In return, we got ghettos. Uh, Danny Dyer, with what I thought was his mother. It turns out to be a woman he met in a, in a nightclub. And that's it. You can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you want by downloading the LBC app. I'm back at nine this evening with Mira Sayal and Clive Anderson. If you missed any of today's show, the LBC podcast app is available for iPhones and now Android phones as well. 10 o'clock this morning, it's Bev Turner, and you can talk to her on LBC. I'm back with you tomorrow morning from 4. Enjoy your day. Do something for Father's Day. Don't just sit there staring at the television. It's boring. Next, anything but boring, it's Stig Abel.